You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. Oh,
This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and I'm really excited to get a guest I've been trying to get for a little while, Anna May, a singer-songwriter. Um, Anna May, thanks for coming on to the show, and welcome on to the show. Thanks for having me, Ken. I'm glad I could do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a great pleasure. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to jump in into about, you know, where you come from and, and, and where you played and, you know, just your relationship with uh, music. I was excited, at least when I first saw you, that um, uh, I saw uh, Connecticut. I'm from Rhode Island. And then I know you played out on the West Coast as, as, as well. Uh, introduce uh, listeners to, you know, uh, uh, your music and, and where you make it and what you do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm from uh, Connecticut. I actually have recorded all my um, albums in Rhode Island. I don't know if I told you that. Um, Yay. And, yeah. <laughs> I like Rhode Island. Rhode Island's a little more fun than Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, with this guy, Steve Rizzo, kind of near, near Newport, but like in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. Um, and, you know, we've been doing, I kind of, I always say I do like minimalistic folk and um, a lot of my music has a lot of spiritual content just laced with like philosophical questions and um, ideas. And so it's a little bit different from traditional folk. And um, I listened to a lot of jazz growing up. Um, my grandparents and my parents, uh, my dad's side of the family are all musicians. So uh, my grandmother, who's no longer here, was a music teacher and guitarist, um, and they lived in Marin in California and uh, moved to Connecticut. So um, I got to grow up around a lot of music all the time. I was kind of forced into it, um, but I grew to love it and just kind of carved my own um, thing from whatever I was taught, which was kind of radically different from what I was brought up with. But Yeah. Yeah, well, I appreciate I appreciate and, and enjoy your music and your and your and your your take on it. Um, uh, it's, and it's great to hear um, recording in Rhode Island. Although I know it is I know it is Portsmouth, but I know that's not the proper pronunciation. <laughs> I know it is Portsmouth, but no, it um, is. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, great area. I you know. I want to tell you something. We mentioned Newport. I um, some of my greatest experiences as far as listening to music been in. Uh, Newport, not a place I went to a lot. I grew up in Pawtucket, but um, uh, distinct memories of Newport Folk Festival. And one time with the Newport Jazz Festival, being out on a boat out in the out in the bay and having the music come off and it was getting too hot, yeah. jumping in the water off the boat. And I'm like, oh, my God, music all day and um that's amazing <laughs> and the folk festival i remember seeing you know sarah mclaughlin michelle shocked uh, randy newman Ooh, i it's love just, michelle shocked i never michelle shocked yeah that's so cool. yeah yeah i i'd never seen her before and um actually that was one of the m more fun shows i i, I can remember is a long time ago but michelle shock Rock. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. She, and she, she really she. dipped off the radar. <laughs> um, yeah, Newport Folk is cool. I've been a few times. Um, who, who have I seen there? Old Crow Medicine Show. Um, I forget which years I went there. But yeah, always super hot. And uh, Newport's a cool place. Like, it's it's a real mix of... There definitely, you know, th there is like an art scene there. It's not yeah. overwhelming, like a place like Portland or something. But... Um, 
there's stuff there and it's a cool place. I went there uh, in May for my birthday and just had fun, you know, walking around and yeah. taking in the scenery. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, there's um, I, Newport's a kind of a, a strange area, and one of the pieces like I've been around in Newport. There's a little bit of grit in Newport, you know, that kind of introduces. Yeah, <laughs> that that, that kind of I kind of dig that 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 piece too, and um, I mean, it's, it's it's great to to chat about that and, and, and bringing up um uh, that time there. So uh, and of course uh, Rhode Island. So tell me, uh, tell me, you're starting to talk about um uh, with 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 your music. Was there a moment for you? as you're going along and I asked this of artists, you know, where you're like, I'm an artist or like, you, you know it, or something has happened or, and some folks say it's always been that way. They don't even know how to breathe differently. What's been your relationship to art? Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I was, I was around it a lot and around music, but, um, you know, it was always more like the classical, um, opera, like more of a rigid, um, study, you know, like just surrounded by great musicians. And I think for me, um, yeah, I, I always was a little bit dissatisfied with um, what I was presented with as a child. Like I do remember that, like the feeling of uh, just not <laughs> fully like integrating in my environment and needing to step away um, to process it. And I think that's a very, um, artistic kind of thing and I, I think I didn't quite know what it was I was like what is this you know this need to like decompress or um, step away from things um, in order to write about it um, and I always did did write my mom saved a lot of like you know journals I did just from a very young age um, but kind of more so than like a writer than a singer is what I always um, thought of myself as I'm always reading a lot of books and uh so yeah, I would that feeling, you know, that identity of artist is it goes back a long ways for sure. Um, just this feeling of either like depression or um, I had a lot of that as a kid. You know, I was just a very pensive, quiet yeah. kind of kid, and um, a lot of even you know now just everything that I was presented with was either very like loud or um, just not quite. A, quite what I wanted and um so I, I made stories and I made poetry and songs and you know eventually a lot of that just uh kind of grew and turned into actual songs with melodies and um really was just a way to process everything that I experienced um and yeah just very sensitive so I think all those qualities you know when you talk to other people who do art they kind of you know say the same thing and we can unite around that that we always knew, yeah. you know, this was what we needed to do. And like, if, if I didn't write, I would feel strange or if I um, didn't somehow process my experiences that way, um, I wouldn't feel complete. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, reading a lot of books. And so I just heard that, you know, I'm an avid book reader. And I, for me, I, I think about all the stories and books. And then I start to think about music, like as a continuum. I think that's one of the great things about uh, doing the podcast and talking to artists is kind of, uh, you know, telling stories and in, in, in hearing, you know, hearing from others uh, and, and, and their experience um, with art. Uh, for you, um, I wanted to ask you what you think art is. What 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 is art? 
um, as an artist? Like, what is, what is it that you're trying to create? Yeah, um, I think it's like a way to respond to your environment. Um, you know, we have all of this stuff, life happening, and um, art is like a reaction to living. And I think it's kind of intended to either solve problems. I think art can solve problems. It can create problems or disrupt the balance, you know, for good or for bad. And um, I think too, it can change minds. I know like a lot of books and just pieces of art have changed the way I think. Um, and that's, I think what I would intend, you know, with a lot of what I write, I always say, um, my kind of tagline is alternative tragic Americana, um, bleeding heart stream of consciousness poems, um, invocations for peace and, you know, kind of resisting judgment. So I think a lot of music that I created just came from a place of um, trauma or discontent and um, wanting to change the way people think about the world and others. And that's kind of a a broad thing to want to do with like one four minute or 10 minute song in my case. Um, but I think it's a worthy thing to do to just continue to put it out there. Um, you know, as I grew up, I just encountered a lot of, um, hate and I was bullied a lot at school. Um, so a lot of my writing is a reaction to that. And I think what's interesting about like trauma is that it's so embedded in our nervous systems that um, it's cyclical and, you know, it's unfortunately it's never ending and we all have it. And um, we tend to repeat those traumatic moments. Um, So it's a really easy thing to write about um, in that it's, it's so powerful and so present all the time. Um, Happy things are that way too, but I think trauma Um, can be just like a a unique thing to write about. Um, So in terms of just art and and why I create it, I think it's this overwhelming need to want to change how people view things. And um, I think the older you get, you know, like for my childhood, I think in ways I had rose colored glasses on. And um, as you move through the world, you really do see like how, um, society is structured around judgment and hate in so many um, ways. So I think it's just my little way of trying to, to get a message over that and across um, and to do it in like a somewhat metaphysical way. I, I don't know. I think um, my music isn't super literal and that's why <laughs> I have a hard time reaching people sometimes, but um yeah, just, you know, bigger ideas and bigger concepts. That's kind of what I, what I want to tackle or hope to tackle. So, yeah, I wanted to, there's something um, I'd recently learned as far as I just with trauma, it was a very radical way for me to, um, to understand it. It was just so different than other type of things. And I want to tell you about it. Um, I was doing an art class with uh, Susie DeVille in a book I've talked about on the show, which is Buoyant. And some great practices around art that are really inspired by the artist's way, um, you know, movement, mindfulness, morning pages, etc. Um, great stuff. And I've talked about it on the show. 
One really, really cool thing that helped me understand trauma or our individual experience in a very different way was something she described as, imagine this, in New Zealand or Australia, there's a massive shore. And think about surfing, right? Think about some of those big waves that come in. I don't, I'm sitting there. I don't know how we, you know, I know how waves happen. I was like, I like, how do these big waves? But there was this one incredible piece where she related it, and it was called um, the underground geography leading up to the shore, which is called uh, bathymetry. And within our individual bathymetry, like imagine our jagged pieces inside, and water forcing its way through. There's there can be glory in the expression, the big waves that come out, the big artistic creations. And there's a way to just understand our individual, for me, to understand my individual makeup. And that there was some glory in that dynamic because you can't move you can't radically move or just kind of throw away the rocks going up to the shore. They're going to be there, but it creates this display or artistic display. Yeah. yeah that's really beautiful. Yeah. And I, I just thought that it honored what we know, what we know about ourselves or what we struggle with ourselves, but we're still going to live, breathe and create. And, um, that, that was just really helpful for me to, to think about, our uniqueness as creators and uh, those big waves are pretty damn cool. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like something cataclysmic is beautiful and radiant. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's art. It's really cool. Yeah. That, that, that helped me a lot. What's the, uh, what's the, what's the role of art? Um, and you, you've been talking about this a bit. I mean, you create so, but what do you think the role of art is in, do you feel it's any different now? We're chatting late July 2023. Is it any different now? I think so. I think, um, yeah, you know, in, in a time of <laughs> unrest and climate crisis, I think um, art has a really big role to play. Um, I think for a long period, maybe it was more, um, well, I think depending on different periods, art means different things, but um for some periods of time, it was maybe more of a distraction. Um, and I think now it can really be a pivotal um, piece in solving problems and just shifting um, the course of thought. And we really need that in this country for sure. Um, but um, if you look through history, there's been so many of those things where something artistic was able to really uh, profoundly impact an entire culture or generation and uh, change the way thing, things were. So I think um, that's coming and it really does feel in a lot of places, even, you know, where I grew up, I'm back in, at home right now. And um, for years, you know, I was just always complaining about how anti-artistic it was and um, how, how difficult it was to just, uh, you know, feel artistic. And I always felt like I had something to go up against here, but um, you know, the last couple of weeks, it's been interesting to just see, you know, there's all these like um, pop-up artistic things, visual arts and music, and uh, there's good things happening. So I think it's just the natural reaction to um, 
things going poorly and moving in the wrong direction politically or um, in, in any way. I think people just naturally have to, again, you know, it's, it's experienced trauma and um, experiencing trauma and digging deeper to kind of come into connection with art because I think art is intrinsic. I think we all really have that capability and um, we all are artists, but it's just a matter of refining towards that course. Um, and that can look different at different periods of life. I think, um, you know, there, there have been times for me that I've just been intensely creative, like in COVID where it was almost <laughs> debilitating. I didn't, um, didn't really live in real, real life. Um, and then, you know, other times where I'm less so that way, but I think, uh, it's just about accessing it and having the right people and environments uh, in order to, to get to that good stuff, which is really who we are. I think we're artistic, spiritual beings. So. Yeah, yeah. Is um, Before we came on, we were talking about, and, and through us discussing here, um, kind of uh, female artists, uh, kick-ass yeah. artists that really... Uh, you know, really, uh, I'd say really important to me who expressed um, Michelle Shock, Sarah McLachlan. I've always had an affinity towards singer songwriters. Uh, Tori Amos. Uh, my queen is Polly Jean Harvey, PJ Harvey, who I adore. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, no ends that I can, can, can conceive of. Um, and, you know, Fiona Apple. And, you know, I, I think recently before we came on, just talking recently, Sinead uh, O'Connor had passed away. And, and I think what's, there's been some, I don't know, contact with the deeply unfair, at times horrific treatment of female artists culturally, um, especially non-conforming uh, presentation here, body type, way they sing, too much anger. Sinead, right? The critique of, of, of too much anger. And for me, I'm still, uh, you know, feeling, feeling all that. Um, and um, somebody's sticking up, somebody's sticking up. And, um, you know, we're talking about some of the things which need to happen 30 years ago. Um, but I talked to a lot of female artists and I talked to a lot of artists and, I don't know what the Latin term for it is, but shit you have to deal with. Um, what do you, how do you, how do you feel, how do you feel things, the, the things are now? I look at some of those, you go back into the pioneers and people trying to create spaces the way I look at it. Um, how do you feel about that? Where, where, where things are now and, and, the, and the things you have to, to navigate, say within the industry or performing uh, as a woman. Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I have kind of, yeah, I mean, I, so I'm a very introverted person and I think I, I just consider myself a writer and I, I do love singing and I love performing and, um, but I am not really like conditioned to <laughs> um, being in the spotlight. I'm not someone that craves that. I'm not an extrovert. Um, so it takes a lot of energy out of me and, um, I have dealt with a lot, um, being in the spotlight, I, you know, I grew up with a musical family and 
I was performing and singing with them in public. So I've had this very like public life, um, but I'm not a very public person. Um, I don't feel that way. I do feel a need to get the art out there, but um, the other stuff, you know, for me, it is not really where it's at. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who are like that, but um, um, as, yeah, as far as being a female artist, um, I've been criticized for being too sensitive, but I've also been criticized for uh, being too aggressive or um, the word predatory came up recently. And I really been sitting with that one and trying to decipher that. Um, it really does seem like anything that you do as a female artist is under scrutiny or criticized. Um, I had an eating disorder for, for many years. I was anorexic twice um, and I recovered. So, um, you know, that, that was an interesting thing to go through. I was really praised for, for being incredibly un, unhealthily thin. Um, and I was performing, I look back and I think, how on earth did I do that? I was barely eating anything, um, you know, mentally, it was in a horrible place. And, um, you know, and then you come on the other side and you're, you're too curvy, you're too um, fat or whatever. And I think it all bring, you know, at least for me, it brings me to a point of really not caring. I just care so much less. And um, yeah, I think the criticism that I've dealt with has been really hard, really paralyzing, but um, I was just talking to my, one of my best friends who's also been through a lot. And, um, you know, she just said, I'm grateful for these traumatic experiences because they've made me stronger. And, uh, but it's not true of just performers. I think women in general are just really targeted. And I don't, personally, I don't think it's getting better. I think, um, you know, in Oregon, that's, you know, one of the places I really like, I felt a sense of safety. There is a lot of body positivity and acceptance, um, that you don't see everywhere else. And it really is unique. Um, so yeah, those are all really, uh, strange things to have to grapple with, but in terms of like being on stage, um, to me, I, there was a period of my life where I just like would not dress up at all going on stage. I would really just be very casual, very consciously casual. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's, I think it's just an ongoing battle. I don't know if there's ever like a solution. I think people have so many different, um, perceptions that are a lot of the time really misled um, about women. So yeah, this is, this is something I think about a lot and uh, deal with a lot. And uh, yeah, in terms of men, um, I think, you know, if I ever had a child, I would not <laughs> allow them to perform during like their formative years um, and have to, to deal with being preyed upon by, you know, so many men, like so many inappropriate situations I've found myself in from the time I was 17, just by being on stage. Um, so yeah, that's a really yeah. good question. Well, we're yeah. talking, I mean, in general, um, I mean, safety, right? I mean, some of the things that, you know, audience or listeners, you can't take, you know, 
there's a lot of assumptions that are back behind, oh, yeah. you know, as far as, you know, for, for, for safety and the vulnerability. And I, I know, um, uh, you know, I have deep respect for those who go on the stage. I'm always in awe of, you know, artists sound on the stage of uh, comedians of one person performing aerial tricks that it's all up to them. You know, it's just, just in awe, but it's so much um, that goes into, and I engage in, in, in performance, not in that same way, but it's, um, there's, it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot. And, a and, lot yeah. and, when, and when you, and when you've done it well, it just, everything feels natural and you go away and yeah. everybody's like, Oh, that was natural. <laughs> and yeah, it was natural, but I did a shit ton of work. Yeah. To, to pull and sometimes that, it's really beautiful. You know, it's a really beautiful experience to perform. Like I've had, you know, really um, spiritual experiences performing and other times not so much, but yeah, it is. There's a lot that goes into it and um, it's nice to feel appreciated. I think um, I really liked that just even being on the West coast, like the level of appreciation is, is very high um, in terms of people listening. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Um, I have a couple other questions for you, but I'm I'm going to throw the the big one in there, maybe to kind of get it out of the way and okay. have you kick it around. The why is there something rather than nothing at all? Why? Yeah. This this is this is the big one, and feel free because it's it's too big and to to really but <laughs> take some kicks at it or master this one. That's a good question. Um. I, you know, I've sat with that a lot and, um, you know, staring at the walls and <laughs> sometimes I really think that life is very random and chaotic and, and purposeless and we can all kind of get into that um, thinking and, but then there's something, you know, optimistic in me that says that we kind of are here to fulfill a purpose and, um, like that's kind of religion based. And I grew up um, in a Catholic family. So I, you know, had a lot of that thinking, you know, just, um, I don't want to say positive, but just that we are here and life has this meaning. But um, I do feel that way. I think as, as much as I've strayed from that, um, I think it colors my work too. I think there's a lot of positive imagery and connections. Um, and there's like a lot of really beautiful somethings out there. Um, yeah. I think we're he we're here to create something. Essentially, um, I don't I don't know if I believe that nothing exists. I think there's always something that precedes something, and um, and that all kind of goes back to creation too, and creating things. Um, I think art is kind of what's between the lines and um you know even if it's like you know the subtext and even if something isn't quite formed there's always like the possibility that something can form and, and that's really a beautiful part of living that we have the capacity to do that as humans and you know we live in a place where where that can happen but yeah i mean this is i've watched a lot of uh podcasts and <laughs> read books and um yeah it's a big question 
but I like to, to be positive about it and think that um, we all have a purpose and there's a, a reason reason for it all. Yeah. <laughs> I no, I I was deeply listening to as as uh, I, I uh, thank you thank you thank you for your answer. I um yeah, and I think about it a lot of the times no matter how I ask and and, and kind of like the way they answered around you know creativity and 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 and, and doing something and um expression um so uh listeners anna may uh has um uh, a bunch of uh music and you've heard uh, uh she writes uh anna can, can you tell us as far as before getting into where to find all your stuff but like i just wanted to ask you while i have you here like um is is are, are there things the that that you're working on right now or certain type of themes or, or something that's connecting with you as an artist right now as you move forward, you know, through the summer into fall of 2023? Yeah, um, I've been doing a lot of live performance. And, um, you know, last year I had a very quiet summer where I did a lot of writing. Um, so I have a lot of songs that I, I want to put on an album. So that's uh, probably going to happen uh, maybe fall or winter, I think, when things settle down. But um, I'm always writing. I always have tons of notes and notebooks and, you know, it's overwhelming how much <laughs> content I have, um, especially the last couple months. And, um, so there's songs to be written. There's a lot of songs that are already done. Um, I do want to venture into doing something with a band, um, kind of feels like the right time to do that. So far, um, Steve and I have worked on just really, um, like sparse arrangements, really lyrically driven uh, pieces, which I love doing. Um, but I have some really lengthy um, songs. I have um, even a 15 minute long song, which I'm really like interested to kind of fool around with recording. Um, and just a lot of pieces, like a lot of older pieces that I never recorded. So I, I'm kind of, I'm planning something, but it's in the very um, preliminary stages. So I'll be releasing a couple of sing singles that I've recorded um, in the last year over like the next month. So I think there's three more of those that are, are going to come out, but that's all kind of from like a year ago. Um, I'm excited for what's next. I, I just have like an insane number of songs and it's very overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> well, you will, I mean, you, you will, uh, you will grapple and, uh, <laughs> and deal with your creations. I was in, in listening to you. I could, I could, you know, even see it, think about these songs and like what, what you might do with them. Where do, um, where do listeners, uh, find, find your work? Where do they, they where do they get what's, what's out there and not in your head? Yeah, at the moment? I know. Not in my head. <laughs> what is real and what is actually still in my head. Um, I have, I always direct people to Bandcamp because Bandcamp is kind of a good artist-friendly site where you can buy the music, you can preview the music. Um, so anime.bandcamp.com. Um, I have some things on Spotify. I don't have all of my albums on Spotify, but a good uh, chunk of them. So I think if you just search me on Spotify. Um, and then I've gotten to do some videos over the last couple of months, which have been really fun. Um, and those are on, on my YouTube. So it's just YouTube. Um, slash anime folk 
animemusic.com um, and then just like Facebook and, and Instagram. Um, my Instagram is, it's actually, um, it's a Woody Allen movie and a Louis Armstrong song. So it's Stardust Memory. I, I know that Stardust Memory. I don't know if you know that, that movie. I, it's I sure do. Movie. I sure do. Yeah. That's a very philosophically heavy movie. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I it haven't one. seen in a while. Stardust Memory. I saw that name there and I, I, I oh yeah it pulled it pulled it pulled me back um definitely unique film and uh very very creative and thought heavy thought heavy yeah um yeah, yeah absolutely um well it's great uh to, to be able to um to to find you there and um and and folks you've heard uh anime talk about uh you know, playing live and, uh, and, 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 and keep an eye out. Um, I, I'm, I'm just so excited to be able to, to, to talk to you and to pull, you know, have you on, on the program and, you know, the, the connections with, um, you know, Connecticut. So I was trying to figure out if I'd give you, if I'd ride you a little bit on the Connecticut stuff with Rhode Island, but you love Rhode Island. So it's like, Hey, you know, I don't have, <laughs> to, I don't have to do that East coast thing, Connecticut, Rhode Island, we're all good. Um, yeah. but it, you know, it's, it's nice to connect you that way. And I know you making out to the, uh, to the West coast, but I, I want to thank you for, uh, creating your art and uh, also even on something like when you're talking about introvert, extrovert, extrovert and being able to perform. I think everybody, I think everybody ha figures that out uh, for themselves because I've had dominant years of extreme introversion that people wouldn't believe right now, but you yeah. know, I, I just have as part of my right. makeup and we're, we're complicated in that, in that way. But I wanted to thank you for what you do. Thank to, you. To, to, to do that music I'm and get out there. Yeah. Thank you for what you do. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody check out Anime. It's been a great pleasure to talk to you here on the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. Um, and uh, to have your music as well because uh, this is a music-heavy, music music-and-story-heavy show. So um, uh, deep thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. i mm -hmm.
This is something rather than nothing. And listeners, to stay connected with us and our guests, visit somethingratherthannothing.com. Join our mailing list for exclusive updates and access to guest-created art. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode, please like, subscribe, leave a review on your podcast platform. People really read that shit. Your support helps us reach more listeners and spread our community across the planet. This is a global show, and we like to give a shout-out to our many listeners across the world, including many listeners in Canada, Spain, Germany, UK, Argentina, Brazil, India, Thailand, and so many more places. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at something rather than nothing podcast for behind the scenes content. And the best way to help the show is to tell your friends about us. If you love it, they'll love it too. Tell your friends who love it. We love you. This is something rather than nothing podcast. <laughs>